0: Coming up on Marriage Today with Jimmy and Karen. And until you let your past die, it will not let your future live. And there are some people in your life, surely, that have hurt you, that have wounded you, that have done things to you today, yesterday, last week, or 20 years ago. And if you hear their name or if you think about them and that thing rises up in you, you need to forgive them. Life hurts, and people do things to us betrayal, rejection, hurt, uh, you know, take things from us that, that don't belong to them, or, you know, just do things to relatives or people that we love. And, and these scars develop, and unforgiveness is very common for all of us. And it, it can accumulate in our lives. But here's what Jesus said in Matthew 18 about this issue of forgiveness Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me? and I forgive him up to seven times. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servant. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. does not forgive his brother, his trespasses. No, this is a sobering scripture. And the good thing is God will give us as much grace as we give away. The, the amount of grace, the Bible says, judge not and you will not be judged. It says that when we give, it will be given back to us. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. In the context there is mercy and grace. In Luke chapter 6. And so Jesus is telling a story. here. Now listen, listen to the ridiculousness of this story. The man owed his master $10 million dollars an amount of money that was insurmountable that he could have never even paid the interest on. And he begged his master for forgiveness and his master forgave him. And then after being forgiven, one of his fellow servants owed him $10,000, 100 denarii. And he begged him for forgiveness, but he wouldn't and demanded that he pay him back. And then we see God's response to that. I want to talk about how to forgive, what forgiveness means and how to forgive? Because all of us have people that we need to forgive—not just once, but daily. How to forgive? The the first meaning of forgiveness is permanently forgiving all debt and bringing the balance to zero. If you owe me anything, I haven't forgiven you. In other words, forgiveness means I forgive. Is it's it's given? the The Greek word for forgive is the word athemi, and it literally means to send away or to leave. It means it's gone. I'm, I'm letting go of this and it's gone away from me. I, I bring the balance to zero, just like this master did with his servant. You owe me nothing. I forgive you. But he wouldn't forgive his other servant. Second, the second meaning of forgiveness is permanently for, forfeiting the right of reproach. It means I'm not going to punish you for what you've done personally. I'm not going to punish you. And when I see you or hear about you, I will not act in an unbecoming way like he did, grabbing his fellow servant and beating him until he paid. Number three is permanently forgoing all expressions of private and public judgment. You don't talk bad about that person. You don't slander that person Privately, you don't go around saying or doing things against that person because if you have, you haven't forgiven. You trust God with all those things. Here's some forms of unforgiveness. Revenge, all revenge is, is unforgiveness. Hate, obviously. Um, slander, gossip, sarcasm, verbal abuse, name-calling, labels, idiot, jerk, moron, you know, witch, all those kind of things. It's, that's unforgiveness. Divorce is a form of Unforgiveness. Jesus said in Matthew 19, you divorce your wives because of the hardness of your hearts. It's a form of unforgiveness. Five, rejection and avoidance for punishment's sake. Again, I'm going to get you back. And this is especially true of close relationships. Withholding good, transfer of affection, bigotry, prejudice, racism, sexism. All of that is a form of hatred and unforgiveness. Bitterness, rehearsing the hurt. Is I'm bitter. I just keep rehearsing it constantly inside. Internally wishing for bad things to happen to them and praying against them. Those are all forms of unforgiveness. If these are things that are going on inside of you, it just means you haven't forgiven yet. So let's talk about how to forgive. Jesus said, forgive from the heart. If you don't forgive from your heart, and that means you're not just saying it with your lips, this is something that's actually taken place in your life, how do you forgive from the heart? Number one, we must remember that our sins cost Jesus his life. He hung on the cross and said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And that was the truth. When I was in my sin, I did not know what I was doing, but I put Jesus Christ on the cross and that's the gospel truth. And I've I've got to sober myself up rather than telling myself, well, I'm really a good person, but other people are bad. I am not a good person. I wasn't a good person. Goodness is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. All of my righteousness is like filthy rags, but while I was still in my sin, Jesus died for me. I owe him everything for what he did for me, but he did it for me after I put him on the cross. I have to remember the price that my master gave me. This is what the foolish servant did not do. He had been forgiven $10 million and acted as though he was a holy joe when he saw somebody else that owed him money. The second thing is we must remember that God loves our offender as much as he loves us, Christian or not. And so you can look at people around the world of different religions or different uh, political temperament or or you know whatever it might be. God loves. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Not God so loved America. You know, God so loved Republicans or Democrats. God so loved white people or black people or brown people or red people or yellow people, God loves everybody the same. Aren't you glad that our God is a loving God? He doesn't hate anybody, he hates the devil. But our God is a loving God. So I, when you label people, you devalue that person and you give yourself permission to treat them poorly. That's what we do. We call them names, we, we discredit them somehow. By calling them names and we somehow give ourselves a higher value than them and that gives us permission to hate them. Well, God loves them as much as he loves us and that's just the truth. Number three, we must make a permanent release of their debt to us and release their judgment to God. God says, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Unforgiveness is a form of unbelief because unforgiveness says, I do not believe he'll take care of it if I give it to him. Unforgiveness is unbelief. Faith says, I'm gonna... I'm not going to carry the burden of this. First of all, I don't know everything about this individual and what has happened to them in their life and and all the other issues that they're going through. So I'm going to release the the judgment to God and I absolutely believe that my God will be faithful. I absolutely believe that my God will be faithful in doing whatever needs to be done. If punishment is required, if grace is required, whatever it is, I'm releasing it. That's what it means, ephemi. I'm releasing all of this to my God, and I believe that He cares, and he 'll do the right thing. unforgiveness means i don 't trust him i don 't i don 't think god 's going to take care of it. Number four, we must bless them and pray for them, and this is where healing comes from luke six twenty eight bless those who curse you. pray for those who spitefully use you that 's what luke six twenty eight says Bless those who curse you that 's not just a trite little scripture. It is the secret of God healing your heart. How do you forgive from your heart? You bless that person. If you can't bless them, you haven't forgiven them. And blessing them means, Lord, bless them, save them, forgive them, don't hold this against them. That's what Jesus said on the cross. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. The other thing is you have to resist Satan because he's the accuser of the brethren. He will come just as surely as you've forgiven. He's going to come back. He's going to bring the offense, the hurt back. Something's going to trigger. A song is going to come on. A smell's going to come. Something's going to happen, and it's going to trigger what that individual did to you. About two weeks ago, somebody said something to me that reminded me of some of the deepest hurt I've been through in my life. They made a statement very innocently. This is a good person that said this. Very innocently, they made this statement, and it, it took me instantly back to one of the most painful things that ever happened to me in my life. And I had to forgive that individual all over again, but just because that trigger came. And there it was. The devil's gonna come and try to put his finger in that wound again. And it may be tonight, it may be three years from now, he's gonna try to stir that thing up. You've gotta take your thoughts captive and every time it comes back up, you've gotta go through the same process. I put Jesus on the cross. He loves them as much as he loves me. I trust God I I bring the balance to zero. I forgive them and I trust God to do whatever needs to be done and Lord, I bless them. And as you go through that process, it will heal your heart and it closes the door on the devil. Unforgiveness is torment. Jesus said, if you don't forgive, you're gonna be turned over to tormentors. You're on your way to heaven. God will never love you less or more based on what you do. You're loved by God. That cannot be changed and I'm so thankful for that. But when we will not forgive, We live in torment. It opens us up to demonic torment, and it's the truth. Forgiveness doesn't make them right. It just makes us free. And until you let your past die, it will not let your future live. And there are some people in your life, surely, that have hurt you, that have wounded you, that have done things to you today, yesterday, last week, or 20 years ago. And if you hear their name, or if you think about them, and that thing rises up in you, you need to forgive them. And you may have gone through the process. And some people say, well, I keep saying I forgive them, but my feelings don't change. If you bless that person on a regular basis and go through these steps, feeling, God will heal your heart. You now, this, this program is on the issue of forgiveness. Huge, huge issue. That every single person has to deal with, and you know, Karen, if you don't, if you don't deal with this one correctly, mm-hmm. uh, it's a life changer. It is, and and we have some questions from some of our viewers across the country, and these are these are very good questions because they deal with you know, the reality of, of what happens when someone you know has hurt us.
1: Okay, and the first one she says, "How do I forgive my spouse after I've been deeply hurt? There are constant reminders everywhere. It's not easy to trust him." From Carol in Missouri.
0: Well, okay, now. Uh, you're talking, I'm I'm assuming you're her husband, and there has been a lot of hurt there, Mm -hmm. and she's talking about trust. Um, Carol, first of all, I would say that's very common because Mm -hmm. she's saying there's reminders everywhere. Mm -hmm. Okay, maybe it was an affair. It kind of sounds like it, maybe something like that. There has to be repentance. Now, you can forgive a person, You have to forgive a person regardless Mm -hmm. of whether, um, they've repented or not. Mm -hmm. I mean, because it, unforgiveness affects us more than them. Exactly. And we have to, for our own health, it's the most self-loving thing that we do. Okay. But I don't have to trust you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I, I can forgive you even though I don't trust you. So let's just say, let's just say, for example, that it's a husband who's had an affair Mm -hmm. and, or he's done something wrong and there's really hasn't been deep repentance. Trust has to be earned. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to repair the damage of, let's just say, infidelity in marriage, which it can be repaired, is there has to be a genuine um, repentance without blame of, well, you did this and you did this. Mm-hmm. I have to take full responsibility. I have to be honest mm-hmm. and come, come clean and accountable, yeah. which means that, I'm going to, I'm going to go get counseling. I'm going to do whatever it is. I'm going to let you see my phone. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let you have access to my computer. Uh, you know, you and I know of a circumstance that happened a couple of years ago where a husband would come home and lock his computer in the mm-hmm. trunk of his car and his wife couldn't see it. We were both like, and he was having an affair. Mm-hmm. And so when you're hiding things, when you're not forthright, you need to forgive him. And really that's a matter between you and Jesus. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean you trust. Mm-hmm. I can still, you know, Guard my heart, and I can still be careful in the relationship based on the fact that you're not, you're not showing good faith mm-hmm. in this rather than just setting myself up for, for further devastation.
1: Yeah. Well, I think forgiveness in a situation like that, um, not only does it free you, it frees you to love. Um, you, I mean, you, there's a difference between loving and trusting. And then, right. you know, you can love someone and still, you know, say, well, trust has to be earned. I mean, right. Jesus did this. Jesus said, I don't trust a man, but he never withheld his love. That's a good point. You know, he, he always continued to love.
0: This is a question for Karen. Um, Karen, how do you know that God has truly forgiven you? I still feel guilt over my mistakes, and that's from Nikki in New York.
1: Well, I don't think it's a matter of feeling, because I don't think you can ever. F- it, our feelings are so fickle. You know, yeah. I mean, things can trigger whether you feel, you know, good one minute, the next, you know. Something might trigger another feeling of guilt or the, you know, somebody might say something like, let's just say a lot of the women that I, I talk to anyway feel guilty about maybe having an abortion or having an affair. So every time a preacher talks about having an abortion, that, that triggers that guilt again. Right. But if they've asked for forgiveness, Jesus forgave them. And it says from the east to the west. It's, Psalm, it's Psalm gone 103 as yeah. far as the
0: east is. From and, west.
1: and he doesn't yeah. remember it. And, and someone said this, um, years ago to me, and it would it's just so freeing. If God can't remember it, why do we think we should think he remembers Or why should we remember it? Yeah. And as much as he's forgotten it, we need to forget it. You know, and, and let him heal those hurts. Because sometimes I think the enemy uses the guilt to keep us from being healed too. But, you know, it, it's not a feeling. It's a fact. If God says, I forgive Absolutely. you, it means he, forg- he forgives you.
0: I, I dealt with just kind of chronic guilt and condemnation for years after I got saved because I was very immoral, Karen, before mm-hmm. we got married. I mean, I was, I was a bad guy. When I became a Christian and I knew the Lord, um, I felt I just I couldn't get over that sense of failure. Mm-hmm. And Satan condemns. You know, Romans 8, 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But I felt condemned, and the devil is constantly reminding us mm-hmm. of our faults because he wants to keep us away from God. Mm-hmm. Once we get to God, everything works, and God is a God of grace and mercy. If, if God wants to be hard, you
1: feel like you're in debt.
0: It, it absolutely, it, it makes you feel you've like you've been
1: you. forgiven, but you feel like you still have to pay a debt. Exactly, <laughs> and
0: you feel like a second-class citizen. Mm-hmm. You don't feel loved by God, mm-hmm. and so in in my case, I, I remember when I got to a point. Where I, I I remember two things. One is I, I heard a preacher, someone say, every time the devil brings up your sins, praise God for the blood of Jesus, mm-hmm. and he'll stop. And literally every time after that, and I'm talking about sins that I had repented of a hundred times. Mm-hmm. Every time that I uh, would you know be reminded of some bad thing that I had done, um, I just start I just start praising God for the blood of Jesus, and it worked. The other thing is you said it exactly right, Karen. Faith. In the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is the strongest cleansing agent in the universe. And the Bible says where sin does abound, grace does much more abound. If God wanted to be hard to get along with, why would he allow his son to die for the sins of the world? Why would Jesus die and then God be difficult? Jesus died so that our sins could be totally wiped away. And we could have a perfect relationship with God in spite of our performance. Mm -hmm. That's what grace means. Mm -hmm. It's not of works, lest any man should Mm -hmm. boast. So we have to have faith that we're reminded of that sin, abortion, adultery, anything that we've done. And we're reminded of that sin. And rather than going into the guilt mode and feeling like we have to perform or pay it off or say Mm -hmm. we're sorry again, we go into the faith mode that says, I'm forgiven Jesus has forgiven me. That that sin has been removed from me as far as the east and from the west. I have a perfect relationship with God through the blood of Jesus, not because of me, because Mm condemnation is about me. Mm -hmm. Guilt is about me. But grace is about the blood of Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ. So it's not about feelings. It's about faith. And when you begin to exercise your faith and act like God loves you and act like you're forgiven, and every time you're reminded of that sin, praise God for the blood of Jesus, I promise is going to help you to really feel free and act free, and then your emotions will change. Great question, though. We have some more questions that we're going to answer.
1: Welcome back. And, Jimmy, I have another question for you. Okay. Uh, Is it okay to break off a relationship with family members if they repeatedly take advantage of you? We've forgiven them, but they continue to hurt us from Jack in Kansas.
0: Yes, it is, Jack. And the thing I would say is, as you're communicating your love, Mm -hmm. uh, not not in bitterness. And and, and again, sometimes what what someone might confuse is this point. If you've forgiven me, that means there can't be any punitive measure brought. Mm -hmm. I can forgive you, but you might need to go to prison. (laughs) But seriously, there are people that have a crime committed against them, and they forgive the crime and the criminal, but there's still justice Mm -hmm. involved. And so forgiveness doesn't mean there's no consequences. Forgiveness just means I've made a decision that I'm not going to try to be God and take this out on you. And from my heart, I've forgiven you now because you will not take responsibility for your behavior and because this is a repeated action that is damaging us. Yes, I think it, in love, I think it's appropriate to to say to a, a, an individual, a family member, I love you, mm-hmm. we care for you, we desire the relationship, but because of the repeated, uh, actions that you've taken and your, your unwillingness to take responsibility and what that's done in our relationship, we are going to separate ourselves. We're going to, you know, stay apart. We love you. We're not doing this because we hate you. We still love you, but we are doing this because you won't take responsibility. And it, then in the right spirit, you've made that decision for the right reasons mm-hmm. and the door's open. Mm-hmm. If they want to come back through that door, they understand. If I take responsibility, I can have a relationship with you. But uh, it's still saying that you're, you you train people how to treat you. Mm-hmm. And when you keep going back into the same place with someone doing something, you're training them to disrespect you. But when you draw the line and say, I love you, but you keep crossing that line and you're going to need to stay on that side of the line, and they won't, you've got to do something to protect yourself.
1: Well, I was sitting here thinking about how it's so important to even think about these things when you're first married because... As a, as a couple, you know you should you should discuss the parameters that, parameters that you want to have within your family unit. Yeah, you know so that an in law can't abuse you know come in and abuse their time with you or or you know you, it, these are important things to discuss before uh, outside family situations come up because yeah. you know if you're already a family unit if you your husband and wife are already a team then when situations like this come up you know how to handle them and they don't become volatile you can just you know calmly sit down and say. So and so, you know, as a family unit, you know, we, we can't allow this in our home. Mm-hmm. You know, what you do in your home is your business, you know, and, but I'm thinking of the in-law thing, and this is something that you and I learned so early on is, you know, I, we've always loved and respected each other's parents. And um, But we've also kept boundaries. You know, we right. know, and we told our kids, you know, we won't be coming knocking on your door. You know, you, if no. you want us, you know, call us, you know. We don't want to, you know, infringe on your um, privacies. And so, you know, I just think it's a good thing, too, as a couple, to discuss before and, and know what your um, family unit believes in. And, and
0: it's so good when you have that open communication, mm-hmm. Karen, and, and you do need to communicate lovingly and consistently. In some cases, when communication breaks down, you don't have that ability. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be ugly or hateful or anything like that, but lovingly for the right reasons. That's the spirit I hear in this question, mm-hmm. and we hope that that is helpful to you. Again, that this program today is on forgiveness, huge issue. We hope that this has been a blessing to you. We're out of time, but we'll see you here next time on Marriage Today. God bless you. Good night.
1: Thanks for watching. Follow Marriage Today for more marriage-building tips and resources.